You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Let's appreciate the worship team. They're really a blessing to me. Always a blessing. Always a blessing. Always inspiring. Amen? And uh, in case you don't know it, God's hand is on them. Earlier in the year, God told me he's going to do great things in this land through them. (coughs) So we are just watching. Hallelujah. Yes. You believe and receive, right? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. That's quick. Yeah. Anytime the word is coming, anytime there is a declaration... All right, if it agrees with your spirit, you immediately grab it. Many Christians are in church and they are passive. Passive listening does not change you. Are you getting me? So people just come to church and they sit down, they just listen. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Wow does not change you. (laughs) Do you understand me? Yeah. So you have to believe. And what? Receive. Yeah. You have to believe and receive. Sometimes when some people are receiving, you think they are being like too zealous. You say, what's wrong with these people? Why? Come on. Control yourself. That's your headache. Huh? Mind your business. If somebody is receiving and it makes him scream, how does that concern you? If he receives and he screams as he receives, instead of paying attention to that person, why don't you receive yours? And for you, receiving might be quiet. It's okay. It's okay. If we bring a naked wire here and we say everybody in this place should come and touch it and there's current flowing, I can assure you there will be different reactions. Yes? Yeah. You just touch. <coughs> Some people go. <coughs> some, some other people go. <coughs> And then some other people go, <laughs> Some will go, There's no prescribed way, all right, to respond to God's power. So long as it is faith, So stop, stop prescribing to people how to respond and how to behave in God's presence. Paul said to the Corinthians, if we are beside ourselves, it is unto God. If we are no more, it's unto you. Okay? 
So sometimes when we are decent, it's because we are considering you. But if I decide to be by myself, mind your business. It's between I and God. Okay? That will help you greatly not to be distracted by people so that you can receive that which belongs to you. In God's presence, I'm telling you, many things happen without us knowing. There are times you don't even feel anything. But the fact that you don't feel does not mean nothing is happening. Are you getting me? And there are many scriptures to, 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 to prove my point, but that's not what we're talking about today. I'm just giving you this free of charge. These are tips, okay, <laughs> to help you. Because really, my cry and my desire, my prayer, is that every single one of you will not go empty-handed when you come into God's presence. Yeah, you mustn't. You shouldn't. Yes, you shouldn't. Why? How can you come to the God of all creation, the one who daily loads us with benefits, and then go back empty? Pastor Sam says the only person that comes into God's presence and goes back the same is the person that is full of himself. Because he's so full of himself, there's no room for God to put into that person's life. That's hectic. So many people for years are coming into God's presence and they're going back the same. Why? Self. So they just come into God's presence and they are analyzing everything. They are analyzing everyone. They look, say, oh, look at this one. And then they turn, they look, what about this one? Why can't this one behave like a lady? Huh? Why can't she be a lady? Listen, it's none of your business. Touch someone and say, it doesn't concern you. Yeah, it doesn't. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Hallelujah. Okay. Before we go into the Word of God, let me make this announcement. Mark the first week of November. Okay? In your calendar, in your diaries, Pastor Sam and Grace are coming. <laughs> All right. I know I've said this before, but this time. Yeah. We have enough time. I don't know how we're going to do it. This place is small. But, yeah, we'll just do it. Hallelujah. We'll make it work somehow. Yes? Amen. And it's going to be explosive. Amen. It's going to be life-changing. Hallelujah. Awesome. Right? Amen. Hey, by the way, Letabo, thanks for that testimony. <laughs> How many people were blessed by that? Yeah, I remember that conversation as she was talking. And we're standing outside there talking. You see, the thing about the tithe, it's not just 
the 10%. It is how you do it. So it's the first 10. Yeah. The first 10. That's what is honorable to God. So many people, they will sort everything out first before they say, okay, God, you can have this. But that's, that's where you miss God. Because there you are just giving a 10%, but you're not tithing. So there's a difference between giving 10% and tithing. When you tithe, it's the first tenth. Okay? So if you want the blessing, the benefit of that, Pay attention to what I'm saying. Okay? So when it comes, when the increase comes, first thing you do, you want to honor God. If you study the scriptures, you'll find that God always wants the first. He always wants the first. He wants to take the first place in your life. He wants to take the first of what comes out of you. The first child that opens the womb belongs to God. God takes the first. The first increase that comes into your life, God wants it. You see what I'm saying? So when you give that to God, it now sanctifies the rest. It sanctifies the rest. Yeah. That's how come I'm now a pastor. God spoke to my mom when I was five years old. Yeah, he spoke to her. He says to her, what would you do if Eric decided to become a preacher? And she giggled, she laughed, she said, oh, The Bible says the child that opens the womb belongs to God. So, what's the big deal? She didn't know that God was trapping her. God trapped her, used that conversation to trap her. Then as I grew up, after, after some time, I mean, I had a childhood dream, you know, like any other child. And as I grew, as I grew, and as I began to spend time with God, God began to work on my heart. I had many opportunities. I'll never forget. was before the MD of this American Airlines in Nigeria. And the MD offered me a scholarship. We're going to train you. He listed the plans that they have for me. He said to me, by the time we finish with you, nowhere in the world will go to. People will want you. And I'm sitting down looking at this man. You know, we're going to train you. On this aircraft, this and this and this. You'll be an aeronautical engineer. You'll be a pilot. You'll be this. And he, it was a fantastic plan. But unknown to him, the night before, the Lord spoke to me. I said, it's not for you. Sure. Yeah. So I looked at the guy and I said, sorry, I'm not going to take it. That was my childhood dream. From the age of five, that was my dream. And now it's coming to pass before my eyes. <laughs> so I turned to my mom and I said, uh, sorry, I'm not going to do this. And she struggled with that. She said, woman of God, 
woman of faith, woman of prayer, woman of whatever. But, you know, we're all in the flesh. So it took her two years after that to allow me to do, to pursue God's dream. Every time I come back, she says, no, you've got to go back. And that guy told me, are you out of your mind? When I said no. He says, the offer is still open. Anytime you change your mind, come back. I said to him, I have not changed my mind. Come on. I'll not change my mind. And other offers came as well. Other offers. You know. But God had already done something. Because when the Lord spoke to me, I said, Lord, you have to do something. This is my childhood dream. This. You have to do something about this. What do I do with this desire? You know what? When I got up from that prayer, that was the end of that desire. It died. The desire died. And up till now, I've not even had any cause to look back. Interesting, when I was pastoring in Nigeria, I had like a six or seven pilots in our congregation. <laughs> yeah. So when each time I said to them, I would have been like you. They said, Pastor, what you are doing is better. <laughs> yeah. So, as I, I remember the second year, one of the things that broke my mom's will was the conversation she had with the Lord when I was five. I didn't know that that conversation took place. So, I was on my knees in my room, I can't forget, praying and I was crying, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't want to disobey. I don't want to... You know, I, don't, I want to do your will, but I want to also honor my mom. Then the Lord spoke to me. He said, go and ask her what she told me when you were a child. Oh. Then I go to her. I say, mom, the Lord said I should ask you what you told him when I was a child. Did you tell him anything? Oh my God. I remember. She said, when you were five, you were playing. I was looking at you. Then the voice of the Lord came to me. And he asked me, what would you do if Eric decides to be a man of God? Then I said, what did you tell him? And she said, I told him, I said, well, after all, the Bible says the child that opens the womb belongs to God. So I have no problem with that. I said, oh, really? And then she said, then the voice said to me, wouldn't you rather that he, become a, he becomes a big shot and he takes care of you in your old age, you know, and all of that? She says, no, God will take care of me. And then the conversation ended. So God saw the struggle I was going to have. And he had that conversation to get her committed. Do you understand what I'm saying? He saw what the state of her heart will be when I grow up. And he used that conversation as a means of breaking her heart. 
and softening her heart to his rule. So when I said to her, okay, this is what he told me, and then she shared that, and she said to me, I'm very sorry. You are free to do whatever you want to do. Anywhere you want to go to, I'm going to support you. And that's how I, went, I ended up in the UK to study in Bible college. You understand? I could have gone anywhere. Hello? Yeah. But the first belongs to God. How did I get into this? I was trying to talk about the time. Letambo, you are the cause of this. <laughs> you caused this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. So your testimonies are still coming. Do you understand? And I have declared it years ago that your income will become your tithe. Sorry? Okay. Somebody smart here. Believed and received. Some others are saying, hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So this morning, I want to share with you on what I title Reasons and Remedies of Spiritual Heart Condition. Somebody say reasons and remedies. Hallelujah. The heart is vital if you are going to walk with God. If you are going to enjoy God, if you are going to experience God, if you are going to impact the world for God, then your heart, you need to pay attention. We've talked about that, right? You need to pay attention to your heart. So we're taking it a bit further. All right? Why? Because I want to equip you with the tools, what it takes to deal with your heart. Because many people don't know, they don't realize the importance of their heart condition. They think that just being religious is good enough. They think that just going to church is good enough. Just reading the Bible is good enough. Just praying is good enough. Just worshiping is good enough. No. Those things are good, but that's, that's not good enough. Because remember, the scribes and the Pharisees, those guys, if you want to talk about religion, you can't come close to them. Yeah. Those guys knew the law. So the outward observance of the law, I mean, in fact, Paul says, as a Pharisee, as per the law, he was perfect. Yeah, he was perfect as per the law. As per the outward observance of the law, he was perfect, faultless. But yet, God couldn't use him. No wonder Jesus did not go to the synagogue to choose apostles. Yeah, he didn't. 
I wonder if Jesus will be able to come here and choose from this church. I wonder. Or would he go out to the pubs and to South <laughs> and to... <laughs> Some of you will get it next week. <laughs> yes, Matthew was a South official. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. But Jesus, that's where Jesus went to. He didn't go to any seminary. That's why the fact that someone went to a seminary does not mean that God can use them. I'm telling you. It all depends on the heart. The heart condition. Hmm? I'm going to employ the use, the help of Doc. I know we have. Okay. Which one? The young ones. <laughs> okay, let me just use, let me employ the one that is. The veterans. Yes. You're going to help us. Huh? There are, I mean, physically, the heart. How important is the heart in the life of a human being? Is it, is it, is it vital? Can we do can somebody live with a bad heart condition? Can somebody, is it, is it, how far can somebody go? Look, what are some of the things in the heart of somebody that can affect their lives grossly? Give us some volume on this mic. Um, the heart is very important. I think um, from as early as when you are five weeks in your mother's womb, huh. the heart starts beating. Wow. Five weeks? Yes, and it does not stop. The ticker does not stop until you are dead. So the heart does not rest, does not stop from when you are five weeks in your mother's womb. It continues to beat until you, you drop dead. Hmm. And the heart is very important because without, um, there is no rest, there is no breaks, there is no holiday for the heart, there is no... Days you can't no sabbatical leave you. It's always on duty. The heart is always on duty. Wow. Um, but there's a number of things which can which can affect your heart. Structurally, the heart comes perfectly normal, but a lot of things get into the heart. Hmm. Um, one interesting thing about the heart is. It's a muscle. Okay. This muscle has got its own blood supply. Okay. 
which feeds the heart. Hmm. Then the heart feeds the rest of the body. Okay. So the heart has to have a special circulation of its own, hmm. its own supply. And when it's nourished well, and it then is able to look after the rest of the body. Okay. So the things that can happen to your heart is um, its own circulation can get affected. Hmm. Its own supply. So when the heart's own supply is interfered with or is, is tempered with, then the rest of the body will suffer. So wow. th that's how important it is. Wow. This own circulation which I'm talking about is what is referred to as coronary. Okay. Can get blocked or can get what's called just temporary spasms. And the you whole explain that in <laughs> in Zulu or <laughs> you know <laughs> temporary spasms. And so the temporary spasm in the blood in, in the heart's own blood supply hmm. is where the blood vessels of the heart coronary circulation. It just <laughs> is that Zulu enough? <laughs> gets kind of twitches or narrowing and then there is less oxygen supply to the muscles of the heart. Mm. So when there's less supply to the muscles of the heart, we call this oh, ischemia. Or oh, this is part of a heart attack. Heart attack. And there's so many heart attacks. In a place where they have managed to collect the, the information, I think America, they say there is one million every year of heart attacks. Wow. One million. Um, we're not talking about the spasms. The spasms are not included in the heart attacks. Wow. When a heart attack happens, part of the muscle dies. Hmm. Sure. So when part of that muscle is dead, it doesn't work so well. It doesn't work so well. And if it doesn't work so well, then the rest of the body the feels it. Sure. So, you can see that the heart is so important. Now, what would happen if someone does not pay attention to their heart? You know, are, are there things you eat that affect your heart, your, the, 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 the health of your heart? Are there activities or inactivities that affect the state of your heart, the health of your heart, and so on? Yes, Pastor. Um, the circulation of the heart itself is affected by a lot of things. Okay. And one thing about this is you, it's not obvious to all of us what's going on in the heart. Hmm. You don't know. So you don't feel it. You don't feel it. When you feel it, many times we say you're actually late. When you start feeling something about your heart, it's already been clogged up. Sure. And in general, there's no medication which just, oh, take these tablets, it will dissolve those clogs. 
you actually need plumbing work on that heart. <laughs> you need plumbing work on that heart to, to unblock to unblock those vessels. Yeah. So, but there's simple things which people can do to look after their own heart. Okay. Um, even though you don't see this heart, um, we know it's there. We know what you should do to look after it. Um, what you eat, yeah. simple exercise on that heart, reduce inflammation, mm. and uh, inflammation in the body and things like can clog that, the fatty clogs in the heart circulation. Mm. Pastor, this is church, not hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Church is a hospital. Hallelujah. The church is also a hospital. It's a spiritual hospital. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So there are things you eat that will affect the functionalities of your heart. Whether the circulation is, is, is as it should be or not, it depends on you. Right? It's not up to God. God has given you the heart. It's up to you to be faithful in managing your heart. Am I correct? Yeah. So, now, the Bible tells us, even concerning our spiritual condition, because one of the things, if you want to really understand your spiritual state, there are times you need to look at the natural in order to understand the spiritual. Because the spiritual is the mother of the natural. Are you getting me? Yeah, if you want to understand spiritual things, you need to learn to look at the natural. Yeah, because the natural came out of the spiritual. Everything you see in the natural has a spiritual counterpart. So, the reason we're talking about the heart is if you look at the, the heart physically, even if you look at your body physically, it will help you to understand some spiritual realities. For example, the Bible talking about the body of Christ tells us about the physical body. So it uses the physical body to help us to understand the spiritual body. Alright? Because it says not all in, in the body, not all members are the same. And in the same manner, spiritually, right, in the body of Christ, we're not all the same. Some people are eyes, some are ears, some are noses, some are mouths. Come on. Yeah. Some are hands, some are legs. It's the same in the spirit. So if you want to understand spiritual things, learn to observe. Many people look, but they don't observe. They don't, they don't know how to link and connect things. And that's why sometimes people will be reading the Bible, reading, reading, and they cannot connect it to life. So it takes the Spirit of God, it takes the wisdom of God for you to be able to accurately interpret things. Are you following me? Yeah. So you can be... You can be you can be zealous and not even know anything. All right? 
So the Bible tells us, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are what? The issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Now, in the spiritual sense, when the Bible talks about heart, what does it comprise of? Your heart is made up of your soul and your spirit. Your soul and your spirit together form the heart. Okay? I want you to picture the heart, you know, when you draw the heart, right? Come on. Yeah, I can see heart in, over some people's... <laughs> that emoji is, is on. <laughs> yeah. So when you, when, if, if, in your mind, if you draw the heart, you know how it is. Come on. Come on. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so you draw it in your mind. One half is the soul. The other half is your spirit. Together, it makes up the heart. Huh? How do you do it? Is it like this? Eh. Eh. Eh, something... Yes, this is it. Come on. Am I getting it? Oh, are you guys? Everybody show me something different. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 tells us, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Huh? Out of it spring the issues of life. There's a flow from the heart. Just like he talked about the heart. There has to be a free flow. Huh? From the arteries, the coronary, and all of that. There has, it has to be healthy. So that there is a flow from the heart to other organs. Now, the Bible is saying that in the spirit, that's the same reality. So, your heart... You need to keep it with all diligence. You need to ensure that it is healthy, remains healthy. Your heart is vibrant. Your heart is strong. Your heart, your spiritual muscles are well developed. Oh, come on. Yeah, why? Because there is a flow from your heart. Amen? There is a flow from your heart. So, out of your heart... Your heart contains a lot in the spirit, okay? For example, your potential is in your heart. Your potential, that's where it is. That's where God put your potential. It's right in your heart. In other words, who you are going to become is inside you. Who you are supposed to be that you are not yet is inside your heart. All right? There are some of you that are supposed to be billionaires, but it's in the heart. <laughs> it's in the heart. You believe and you receive. Okay. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm serious. It's in the heart. It's in the heart. Some of you are supposed to be world shakers. It's in the heart. Yeah. 
Some of you are supposed to transform certain industries. It's in your heart. Some people are supposed to transform education. It's in your heart. You're supposed to transform health. It's in your heart. You're supposed to transform economy. It's in your heart. Hallelujah. There's so much inside, but you can't see it. You don't know. Out of your heart spring out the issues of life. The issues, the things that will determine who you become are inside there right now as we speak. As we speak. Hmm? And if you don't do something about it, it will not happen. Don't tell me, what will be will not be until you do something. Okay? Yeah. So if we are going to shake this nation, there's something we're carrying. And I have come to a, I've come to, to a conclusion and a conviction that it's necessary for us as a church to have at least a protracted period of time every year that we deal with our heart. We deal with, we, we, we check, we search, we, we look and we address whatever needs to be addressed. We deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. Why? Because we want to be who we are supposed to be. Okay? Many people live their entire lives and don't pay attention to their heart. They don't pay attention to their heart condition. And then by the time they start feeling it, like the doctor says, it's too late. You need panel beating. <laughs> yeah, he said plumbing, but I said panel beating. And it's, it's the same. When do you need a panel beater? Your car. You, 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 don't, you never go and service your car at the panel beater. Yes? Yeah. You need a panel beater when it's late. <laughs> <laughs> Am I correct? Yeah. Or how many of you just go to the panel beater and say, oh, I just want you to check my car, <laughs> you know, if the paint is okay or not. How many people do that? I, I mean, I know you are so detailed and pro so proactive. <laughs> yes, that you go to the panel beater before anything happens to your car. If you, if you go to the panel beater before anything happens, you start getting, okay, in case, you know, I am bumped from this side, how much will it cost? <laughs> and uh, please tell me, in case this paint, you know, is scratched, how, you, will you do that? You don't even think of that, right? Yeah. But you take your car every 10,000 kilometers, they tell you you should go and service it. Whether you feel anything or not. Am I correct? You take it there and they check. Then they tell you, you need to change this. You need to fix this. 
How many of you feel that each time you take your car for service, they, 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 you end up spending more because it seems as if they discover things that were not there? <laughs> you feel that way. The things were there. It's just that like you were not aware. So they, they want to fix it before it, be, it, it breaks down. And then you, you, you end up spending more than you should. <laughs> the reason why you feel like that is because you don't have enough money. <laughs> no, let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah. If you have hundreds of millions in your account, that will not be an issue. Whatever they say, just sort it out. Come on. Send me the invoice. Am I correct? Yeah. Why are you complaining? You have a financial problem. That's all. Yeah. So don't blame, don't blame the mechanic for the problem your car has. He just helped to discover it. Some people blame the pastor for their problem. I'm telling you, I remember face to face, somebody spoke to me and told me his problem is because of me. You don't know what we go through. Think pastoring is easy. Go do it. Yeah. Imagine. He said, if you were all right, I would have had my breakthrough by now. Yeah. Yeah. That's like telling the doctor, it's your fault that I have this problem. If you are a good doctor, I will not have this problem. My heart will be fine if you are a good doctor. <laughs> you see, the doctor says, go and exercise. <laughs> go run, go gym, go walk, do whatever. The doctor can't do that for you. There's no pill that will do that for you. The doctor, why can't you just recommend something that I take and then it to just be exercising my heart for me? There's no such thing. No such thing. But why do we have the same attitude when it comes to spiritual things? Why? And that's how that guy left the church because I have, you know, because it's my fault. His woes, I am to blame. Well, what can I say? Lord, into thy hands, <laughs> I commit myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So, your potential is in your heart. Okay? It's right there. Your, there's greatness within you. There's greatness within you. It has nothing to do with your background. It has nothing to do with your upbringing. Do you understand me? Who God has called you to be is inside. It has nothing to do with anybody's opinion. Your teacher might have called you a block and dumb or whatever it is. That's their opinion. That's not God's opinion. Do you realize that um, uh, 
Is it about Einstein? Yeah. About Einstein was sent away from school. Sent home to his parents. And guess what the note said? Your child is uneducatable. <laughs> yeah. In other words, he doesn't have the ability and the capacity to learn. So we cannot educate this child. That's how they sent him home. How would you feel as a parent if that's the note you got concerning your child? I know there will be fireworks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And guess what? The parents now took him and decided to start homeschooling him. And look at what the world has become. It's a good thing. All right. They schooled him properly to unlock the greatness in him. That's what education is supposed to do. Unfortunately, our educational system is so limited, it only recognizes a few intelligences. Hmm? For example, it recognizes logical intelligence. Huh? It recognizes a bit of linguistic intelligence. But there are other intelligences you have that it doesn't even recognize. They don't have what it takes to even measure it. There are many intelligences. I believe everyone is, a born, is born a genius. Everyone. You are a genius. It's in your heart. But you have believed a lie for so long. You have believed your marks because they grade you according to your logical intelligence. Maybe logically you are not a genius. But there is an area where you are a genius. Do you understand me? It's up to you to locate it. To find it out. But it's in your heart. God put it there. God put it there. So what if you are not a genius at math? It's okay. You're a genius somewhere. Locate it. Do you understand? Okay, if you cannot spell. Yeah, that's linguistic intelligence. If you are not, if you cannot spell, there's an area where you're a genius. Locate it. It's inside. Inside. Yeah? You know, that's what is known as musical intelligence. Yeah, not everybody has it. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's true. Not everybody has it. You, you can teach them a hundred times the same thing. They won't get it. So, don't, don't make them feel bad. There is, there is somewhere that you just teach them a little bit, they get it. That's an area of intelligence. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's all inside. It's all inside. Some people have kinesthetic intelligence. Whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. K 
kinetics has to do with movement, motion. Hallelujah. Science people, where are the scientists in the house? They're hiding. I'm not going to question you. Stop hiding. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yes. So that kind of intelligence is linked with motion. It's linked with motion. You know, many years ago, I learned something about being a, uh, from my son, Petey. Sometimes we'll be talking, you know, we're having devotions, we're reading, we're talking. Oh, and he's, he's listening, but he's playing. And it used to irritate me. <laughs> Why can't you be still? But, you know, we discovered something about him. As he's doing that, if you ask him any question, he will answer you. He will answer you. And I say, oh, my word. So, from that time, if we're talking and he's busy, we don't disturb him. Because that's the way his brain is wired. That's the way his brain is wired. So, stop beating children anyhow. Stop it. Yeah. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. That scripture is not only applicable to teaching them the ways of the Lord. It has to do with you discovering their intelligence. Discover their intelligence and train them along that. They will never depart from it. Are you getting me? So because of that, we discover that if this guy has to learn something, there has to be a bit of motion. And that's why he's good at any sport. Sports people have strong kinesthetic intelligence. All the athletes, all the sports people, all the good sports people, they, they have that intelligence. It's an intelligence. Can't you see people? I mean, if you know about soccer, you, sometimes you hear him speak English. <laughs> now he's better. But that time, when he's speaking, he is firing bullets. <laughs> you know what they call bullets? And somebody's speaking, eh? I goad. <laughs> eh? Instead of I went. <laughs> eh? I is. Instead of I am. He just mixes all the tenses, everything. And he's like, what kind of a man is this? But give him a soccer ball. Give him the ball. That's intelligence. Hallelujah. Yeah. But it's all in the heart. God put it inside everyone. Everybody is equipped with what it takes to be a success. There's nobody that was born to fail. Nobody. Even your conception was a success. Yeah. Remember? 
hundreds of millions or billions of spermatozoa that were racing to hit that egg. You were the one that won. Come on. Yeah. So you were conceived a champion. You were conceived a champion. Don't believe anybody that tells you that you are a failure. It's a lie. They just don't know you. So forgive them. It's in your heart. Out of your heart flows the issues of life. It's in your heart. Amen. So touch someone and say, I don't care what your opinion is. God's opinion is what I care about. Yeah, that's right. So whatever you think about me, it's up to you. I'm not governed by people's opinions. I don't care what anybody says. I know what God has said. All right? And I hold on to that. I govern my life. That's why for me now, I don't even care if nobody loves me. I don't, I don't, yeah. So I don't preach to be loved. All right? So I'm not looking for acceptance. As a matter of fact, the more the rejection, I know the more God will celebrate me. So that's why I don't preach messages that make people just, you know, just to, you know. <laughs> I preach messages that have to deal with the heart. Amen. And messages are targeted at your heart. There has to be a good flow from there Amen. so that you can become who you are supposed to be. Amen. So if it offends you, I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah. If it offends you, it's up to you. But I'll give, I'll give it to you all the same. Hallelujah. So your heart contains, your heart contains who you are supposed to be. It contains your potential. Your heart also contains the gifts and graces of God. Everybody is gifted. Everybody is graced supernaturally by God. They're all inside your heart. That's why the enemy targets your heart. Yes? In your heart, your heart contains or has the ability to open paradigms for, to you. There are paradigms that you need to become who you are supposed to be. There are certain ways of thinking that are vital to you becoming who you should be. For example, if you think that poverty is a blessing in disguise, how many people know that that's a wrong paradigm? Oh, yes. Some people think, oh, you, are you surprised? Some people think that, you know, if you're poor, it's okay. Keeps you humble. Oh, yeah. Don't you know that? Some people have taken the vow of poverty. I'm not going to take a vow of poverty for anybody. Why should I? 
But some people think that there is virtue in that. It's deception. Hmm? I mean, look at Africa today. Look at Africa. Compared to the Western world. <laughs> Which one would you rather have? God bless you. Yeah. That's the wealthiest continent on earth. Is Africa. But you know what the West have? They have the wherewithal. They have the ability to process. So they come to Africa and guess what? They take our gold. They take our diamonds. Come on. They take our copper. Yeah. Steel. Oil. Huh? They take it. Now, they don't have it. But guess what? They have used their minds to put up, to set up institutions. Okay? To set up um, factories, industries that process what they get from Africa. So, they come to Africa. They take Take it to Europe and they process it. And guess what? They come and sell it to Africa. And then they give you their price. Where is the price of gold determined? Tell me. Huh? Huh? It's in London. That's right. What, what has London got to do with determining what we sell? For God's sake. Why? Why should London tell us how much they are going to pay for our gold? Isn't it a problem? That's the wickedness of the human system. Hmm? I tell you, okay, this is how much oil is worth. That's why they took out some, they take out some leaders. Because they decide, no, we are going to prescribe. You say, what? How dare you? Because they know their economy depends on their ability to set the price. Hallelujah. But God has put so much in Africa, yet Africa is poor. Now that's in the natural. Look at it in the spiritual. God has put so much in us, and yet we are barren. There's something wrong. You are powerful, but you don't know it. The enemy knows it. So guess what? He sells you a lie. He gives you a false sense of value. He tells you that this is who you are. You don't deserve this. All of that. Why? He's targeting your heart. He's targeting your heart. It's time to wake up, my people. We need to wake up. God wants to use you. But you have believed a lie. Okay, you made a mistake yesterday. Who does not make mistakes? Please tell me. 
Apart from Jesus, who do you know that has never made a mistake? Is it Peter? My goodness. Sure. That guy had a problem. In fact, Peter would swear before thinking. He had a temper problem. Before you know it, I mean, he, he cut off someone's ear before thinking. Are you that? Is yours, has yours gotten to that level? Where somebody is talking, 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 what? You just cut off the ear. That's Peter. And somebody said he wasn't planning to cut the ear, he missed the neck. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus had to now pick up the ear and put it back. Heal the person. That's the chief apostle. Yeah, Peter was the chief apostle. That's the guy that denied Jesus three times. He said, me? Know this guy? I, he said, I swear by if I know him, let thunder strike me. <laughs> Yo. And yet, God was able. Jesus, after the resurrection, came back to him. Hmm? Simon Bar-Jonah, do you love me more than this? Three times Jesus asked him. Why did Jesus ask him three times? He wanted to restore him. Because he had denied him three times. So Jesus restored him. And then after that, he gave him the power to change the world. You know that if Peter did not fulfill his ministry, we, the Gentiles today, would not have the gospel. So there's something God wants to use you to do. It's right there in your heart. Sometimes you have dreams about these things. Some of you, you sleep and you see certain things. You see yourself doing certain things. Those things are not ordinary. Don't just say it's just a dream. That's God wants, God has sealed it in your heart. Hallelujah. But there are hard conditions that can block that. There are certain conditions that can block that and hinder you from flowing in that direction, from walking in that greatness that God has ordained for you. There are things that will stop you from being the genius you were born to be. I'm telling you, right in your heart. And so Satan has tactically taken time to put together certain things that will stop you from being healthy spiritually so that your heart does not function as it should. So the gifts of the Spirit are in your heart. Your intelligences are in your heart. 
You think it's just your brain? Your brain depends on your heart. That's why even when somebody is dead, if somebody is dead, they bury the brain, right? But what do they still use to stand before God and to talk and to give an account? It's the heart. It's the soul. Hallelujah. Yeah. So just like your physical body has a brain, your spiritual body has a brain. And that brain is your heart. That's what I'm talking about. And that's the part, that's the core, that's the seat of God's dealings in your life. So even your prayer is going to be effective if you deal with your heart. Your worship is going to be more effective if your heart is dealt with. Okay? When you minister to people, if your heart is right, there's more power, there's more life, there's more God that is released. I've gone in a direction I didn't plan to. But it's okay, right? The the heart of man is key to God's dealings with man. The heart of man is key to God's dealings. Let's look at... uh, Jeremiah. He says, Jeremiah 17, verse 9. He says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Hey, so your heart can deceive you. Hello? The heart is what? Above all. And what? Desperately wicked. That's the heart. Can you imagine that? The heart is deceitful. And what? Desperately wicked. You see, the moment Adam sinned, something happened to his heart. And from the days of Adam up till now, the heart has still been a central point. But the fallen nature of man, by nature, man is deceitful. That's why people can look at you and smile. Ah, wonderful. Huh? And you think they're excited to see you. In their hearts, they're saying, look at him. It's deceitful. And not only that, desperately wicked. Can you see that? Desperately wicked. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. It's a heart condition. So why? Because the heart, Satan implanted his nature into the heart of man. At the fall, when Adam ate that fruit, when he The moment he ate that fruit, something happened to his heart. Okay? So, for a long time, God has struggled. That's why God's people, if you read the history of the Israelites, 
God kept struggling with them. Every time. They are always going into idolatry. They are always disobeying God. Always. It's a heart condition. It's a heart condition. The heart can deceive you. Do you know that? Do you know that, um, for example, there are some of you, God uses you. How many people have heard the voice of God before? You've heard the voice of God. Okay? Do you know that you can hear the voice of God, but if your heart is not in a good state, you can hear a wrong voice. Do you know that? You can hear the wrong voice. It happened to me years ago. I heard a voice and I thought it was God. I got up and went to Ghana because of that voice. Yeah, I went up, bought a flight ticket, went to Ghana, went to Kumasi because of a voice I heard. And I thought it was God. I, I remember I told Pastor Sam about it. Pastor Sam said, you know, it's not, it might not be. I didn't listen to him. I didn't care. It's like, what I heard? When I got to Ghana, I suffered. <laughs> From that day, I learned a lesson. Don't believe every voice. Do you get my point? So now I had to now go and learn how to discern, how to judge, how to test. Why? Because your heart can deceive you. Amen? Sometimes you can have a dream and it could be deception. Satan can use your heart to mislead you. So if you don't have what it takes to accurately judge and discern, you can miss God. Now, God speaks through dreams. Don't make any... In fact, if you think God doesn't speak in dreams, you have a problem. You've been deceived. God speaks through dreams. It's one of the signs of the last days. He says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen? One of the, one of the signs of that, according to Joel 2.28, is that your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Visions and dreams are going to increase in this day and age. But if you don't deal with your heart, you cannot accurately discern whether this vision is God or the devil. Or it's me. You can discern. I'm telling you, your heart can gi just give you a, dr a dream like this. Powerful. And it is you. For example, you can want something so bad, right? You see somebody's wife and you want her so bad that you start dreaming about her. Is that God? Huh? You start dreaming, this guy married my wife. No, what I'm saying has happened. It's not... Listen, I've been in this long enough. And I've seen this. Many times. Huh? 
The lady that comes to me says, Pastor, I think I married the wrong man. I say, oh, really? Why? why how so? And she begins to say, I say, you'll be deceived. Forget it there. Go and repent. Go and repent. Let God deal with that wickedness in your heart. Because that's wicked. It's wickedness. Yeah. So God, you, you, that's why you need to pay attention to what I'm saying. Hallelujah. The devil can mislead you. And you, your heart can mislead you. <laughs> it's incredible. These things are going to be on the increase. People can just get up now and just come and tell you how, you know, tell you some things. But yet, it's not God. Now, it's not that they didn't see something. It's not that they didn't hear. But it's the source that we're talking about. Hallelujah. It's a heart condition. Um, I think it's in Jeremiah where God says, I will answer them according to the idols of their heart. Help me locate that scripture. can't remember. He says, I will answer them according to the idols of their heart. Is it Ezekiel? Or Ezekiel 18. Hmm? So God can answer someone according to the idol of his heart. How, how is that possible? Hmm? How? Come on. Scarcely huh? possible. Come on. Come on, sir. Huh? Therefore, look at Ezekiel 14, 4. Therefore, speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Everyone of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart. So people can set up idols in their heart. Because when you hear idolatry, you think that it just images you bow to. No, no, no. There are idols of the heart. Okay? In other words, this thing must happen. And it's not that it's God. It's your own fabrication. Like I gave you the example of that woman. All right? God set an idol in her heart. And later on, I discovered what that idol was. And I don't even want to tell you. Yeah. Who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity? So people can put in their heart what will cause them to stumble. It's a heart condition. So there are, certain, there are certain things if we don't deal with, they make us open to certain kind of temptations. Do you get my point? Then comes, huh? and then comes to the prophet. That person already has an idol in his heart. And he comes and says, man of God, can you pray for me? Uh, what is God saying? But in his heart, he has already decided what he wants to hear. He has decided what he wants to hear. Okay? He wants confirmation. That this is what I want to do. Can you hear for me what God is saying? Then he comes 
Then he says, look at what the Lord says. I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols. Yeah. So that's why your heart must be sound. Your heart must be in a, in a good state spiritually because it will determine how you hear. It will determine how you see. It will. Yeah. So he will answer according to the multitude of the idols. And where are those idols? In the heart. Hey. It's in the heart. Nobody is saying, preach it, pastor. Talk to me. But that's the truth. That is the truth. Hmm? So let, why am I saying this? Let us pay attention. All right? So whatever it is that is in your heart, pay attention to it. It might not be what God has put there. In other words, Satan can put something inside. Satan can put something. He can come and put something against your brother in your heart. And then you start dreaming it. You start hearing. I'm telling you. And you think it is God. But it is Satan. Who wants to mislead you. Like he misled me that time. When I remember my journey. I feel sorry for myself. When I should have listened to counsel. I thought I knew. I was 100%. This man is making a mistake. I heard it. Later on, I discovered that it was the voice of a stranger. It was not the voice of God. Hmm? I went through. And guess what? I got to the destination. I got to Kumasi. So, some of you, you don't know that we have taken some steps out of some strong convictions before. Why am I here? I, I heard God, right? And I acted. When I hear God, my goodness, you, you can say whatever you want. I'm doing what God says. But I've made mistakes. Why? Because I did not balance, I did not know, I didn't know how to balance things. You know, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, what I'm receiving. With sound, good advice. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Okay, so in, in, when, when you think you are hearing God, you need to bring it for judgment. You need to put it to the test. Say, Pastor, this is what I think God is saying. This is what I'm receiving. I don't know what. Bring it. Let us scrutinize it. Yeah. Or else, you will find yourself in Japan when God has nothing to do with Japan. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. And when you go there, you will suffer like crazy. It's better to suffer in the will of God than to suffer outside the will of God. Amen? Yeah. I wanted to give you reasons and remedies. 
But let's stop there. We'll continue. There is more. Turn to someone and say, there is more. We can't have it all today. There's some for next time. Some more, some more, some more awaits you. Some more blessing. By the end of this, by the end of this series, the devil will be afraid of you. Amen. Yeah, he'll be afraid of you because you will, you'll be able to identify all his tricks. When he comes like he say, hey. Hmm? Like one time he showed me a vision about that was a lie about my wife and my daughter. It was so clear. If I had believed that vision and acted on it, I would have no wife today. I'm telling you, he showed me a lie. That guy, he's been around. He's been around. Believe not every vision. Believe not every voice. Believe not every spirit. Test all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Believe not every prophecy. Believe not every prophetic word. Some prophecies are fabrications. Somebody sent me a clip and I, I... I couldn't believe it. This guy is supposed to be ministering in church. And he's saying something. And I'm like, what? And people are, yeah, prophesy, prophesy. I said, my goodness, what kind of deception is this? Huh? Spirit of divination operating. And people can't discern. They don't have the tools. But I'll make sure, if you're part of this church, you won't be deceived. Amen. I'll make sure I open these things to you Amen. so that you see clearly. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So it doesn't matter if somebody now stops you by the road and says, you know, and begins to say things to you. You know exactly. You know exactly where it's coming from. And you know what it means. They are after your soul. They are after your heart. Accuracy is not it. Hmm? It's not it. There's more to it than that. And somebody can come and tell you the conversation you had with your, with your, your husband yesterday. And so what? <laughs> so what? Yeah. What's that supposed to lead to? Yeah. You, have you heard of familiar spirits? Yeah. They are spirits that are familiar with happenings. Okay? So they come to us and say, hey, you give you a word and say, wow, it's accurate. It's spot on. Hmm? Yesterday, you were wearing a green shoe. <laughs> and I see and I see this bag, this Gucci bag that you were holding. Hmm? You were holding this Gucci bag. It is green with stripes. And it has this kind of stripes. And it describes it. And you say, oh my God. This must be God. So what? 
So what? Familiar spirits that are familiar with what you were wearing and what you were carrying. Yeah, that's all it is. It's not God. I'm telling you. They are trying to deceive your heart so that you can, they can misguide you and set you on a path of destruction. But they won't get you. I said they won't get you. Hallelujah. If they come in one way, you speak, you command them, you bind that spirit. You know, there are times I bound spirits, familiar spirits, I bind them. As they are prophesying, I just bind them in the name of Jesus. I bind you. You know what? The flow stops. That's how I realized that. Wow. So these are demons. Because if it's the Holy Spirit, can you bind the Holy Spirit? You can't bind the Holy Spirit. When they come like that and they begin to say, just bind them in the name of Jesus. I bind that spirit. And it will stop. The person will go blank. That's how you know it's a a devil. But people are open. <sighs> Give it to me. Give it to me. And you're drinking all of that. The Lord spoke to me last week. He said there are people that are drinking from the wrong river. And that's what is going to lead to mass deception. Huh? Wrong river. She drink from the river of life. Not the wrong river. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Just talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. Help me. Help me, Jesus. In this day of deception, help me to stay on track. I don't want to be deceived. Don't allow my heart to be deceived. I don't want to be deceived, Lord. Mighty God. Every propensity for deception in my heart, let it be uprooted. Every fascination with error and deception, let them be uprooted from my heart. In the name of Jesus. Everything that makes me inclined to deception, Let it be uprooted from my heart. Anything that will bring confusion in my life and lead to deception, let it be uprooted from my life. In the name of Jesus, purify my heart from every deception. I thank you for the New new Testament. I thank you for the new creation where you give us a new heart. You said in your word, I will give them a new heart and a new spirit. I will write my statutes upon their hearts. I receive that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to break bread right now. As we break bread, I want to ask that you allow God to deal with your heart. I discovered That if you will be intentional about your heart, God is going to help you. Amen?
God is going to help you. Sometimes people go into error not because they want to. They are sincere. But they are sincerely wrong. Sincerity is not enough to preserve you from error. Sincerity is not all it takes. It requires you to be diligent. All right? Be diligent. You don't want to be deceived into believing that a lie is true. Deception. Deception is not necessarily an outright lie. Deception is a combination of factors that Satan will use. But mostly, truth mixed with error. But he will not get you. Father, I pray for everyone here. I pray, oh God, that you would do a work in our hearts. Yes, Lord. We will not be deceived by the enemy. We've made many mistakes in the past. We have believed a lie many times. But Lord, you have still kept us. I ask that you will keep us on the path of life. Keep us on the narrow path that will lead to life in the name of Jesus. Every plan of the enemy, I command to be frustrated in the name of Jesus. Lord God, every messenger of Satan that is sent to mislead, to misguide, to abort our destinies, I declare that they will not succeed. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, O Father, that you will open our eyes of understanding more and more. Equip us, empower us with what it takes to deal with the error, with deception. In the name of Jesus, remove every wickedness from our hearts. Lord God, everything the enemy has planted, every seed of the enemy in our hearts, I command right now to be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Whatever the enemy has sown, Lord, I release the fire of God. Let the fire of God consume them in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we partake of the communion, I ask that our eyes will be opened. We'll be healed from hardness of heart. We'll be healed, oh God, from every deception in the name of Jesus. Let our eyes be opened. The eyes of our heart. The eyes of our understanding. Be enlightened. Let your light shine. Let your light reveal every dark area of our lives. Help us to see clearly all the lies of the enemy. Every lie we have believed. Lord, I ask to be exposed right now in the name of Jesus. The lies we have believed about ourselves. The lies we have believed about our families. The lies we have believed about our friends. The lies we have believed, oh God, about our future. The lies we have even believed about our past. Lord, let your light shine and dispel every lie and darkness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You said in your word, the the path of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter 
until the perfect day. Let there be clarity in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every confusion. I rebuke every lying spirit. I rebuke every deceiving spirit. I rebuke every wickedness in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the seeds of greatness begin to emerge. Let greatness begin to emerge from this life. In the name of Jesus. Some have believed the lies that their families have told them over the years. Some have believed because of the circumstances they've gone through. Oh God, because of the, the, the setbacks, the temporary setbacks, the failures, so-called failures. They have believed them to be true. But the Bible says, let God be true. And every man a liar. Lord God, every lying circumstance, every lying situation, oh God, every lying voice that is speaking to them, I silence right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So what if you failed in business? It doesn't mean that you will not make it. Receive strength. Pursue that dream. Pursue it. Amen. The Lord is with you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you failed uh, academically. Receive strength. Receive what it takes to succeed. In the name of Jesus. Maybe you've had relational failures. Receive right now what it takes to succeed. In the name of Jesus. Receive it right now. Receive it. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. I beg you, believe the truth. Hold on to the word of God. Hold on to the will of God. And you will see the glory of God in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know there's somebody here. I sense that. That is for you. You've looked at the past. You've used it to judge your future. Don't allow that to happen. Don't allow that. Don't listen to the enemy. The enemy is lying to you because of your past. He's lying to you. It's not true. Receive God's will and God's word for you. The days ahead are glorious days for you. The days ahead are days of glory, days of honor, days of power for you in the name of Jesus. I want you to receive that right now because it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. Yes. If I hear the Spirit say concerning you, somebody here, just a few days ago, somebody spoke to you and recounted your failure to you kind of reinforce the will of the enemy. Don't believe that lie. That person was anointed by the enemy. That person was inspired by the enemy to attack your heart. But God will have to say to you that that is not his will for you. Get rid of that. Don't allow those words to take root in your life. Don't allow those words to take root in your heart. Get rid of them. It's a lie of the devil. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It is well with you. I say it is well with you. I bless you in the name of the Lord. I, I say I bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless your future in the name of the Lord. It's bright. It's glorious. In the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.